Okay. Woman, you already interrupted us. We just started recording. Jesus Christ. Come on, lady. All right. Well, this is Hysterical History. <laughs> A comedy history podcast. And, Sam. oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sam. I'm Alexis. And that's Sam. <laughs> and, and, that, I'm, and I'm Haley. <laughs> that's Haley. Sam is a ghost radar classic, mm-hmm. which the tour guide of the... Jesus. <laughs> what wasn't? It wasn't. Look at that. just all over the place. Yeah, there's so many it ghosts in this building. a phone app recommended by the tour guide of the Lizzie Borden Murder House tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all the paranormal ghosts in here. Scans all the weird numbers in the air. All the ghost frequencies. And uh, shows you like where the ghosts are. And sometimes pops out a word. Sometimes they talk to you. Fight. Like it wants to fight us right now. <laughs> that's fun. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> gang fight, gang fight. So that's a new development. <laughs> She's going to be um, adding her two cents. She'll be interrupting us at random intervals. Yeah. So <laughs> when you hear us yell, uh, what'd she say her name was? Sarah? Sam. Sam. So when, when we just yell at Sam, um, that's why. Uh, but today we are finishing off our Borden murder episodes in the mm-hmm. Borden house. So if it sounds kind of funky, that's why. Yeah, we're leaning over the mic on top of Emma slash Lizzie's bed. Yep, but we're doing our best. So we hope you enjoy that we're on location. Even on though you location. can't see us, we're here, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, we are next door to the room where it happens. To the room where one of the murders happened. Yes, Abby was murdered in the room next door to us. And uh, today we're going to talk about the evidence that's found or not found. Um, the trial. Who could it be? Sawyer. And Lizzie's life after. <laughs> Sawyer is never pursued. So, I mean, that's we why they don't get the killer. But first I have to show you. So there's people had a lot of drawings from court, right? Oh yeah. Court sketch artists. They're great. And there's a whole bunch of them. And like other like they had sketches for other family members too, just like that had been done for them before. Uh-huh. Um but one of these things is not like the other. And I'm going to show you a picture and okay. uh we're going to post this one because it is hilarious to me. It's one of the early pictures in Len's book. And when I saw it, I burst out laughing because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Because it's like three really good portraits and then Emma oh, no. so bad. Oh, Emma, no. It's like I drew it and I'm terrible at she, drawing. She looks like a King of the Hill character. Yes. Lizzie is, is incredible. Andrews is very good. Uh, Abby's is a little less good, but it's still quite good. And then Emma's is just like she has pathetic. she has dots for eyes. It's awful. She she looks like Bobby in Whereas, a Whereas like other people have shading on their faces. That's yeah. how good it is. <laughs> so uh Oh yeah. Oh Emma. I had to show you that. Um anyway. <laughs> uh so we're going to start with the evidence that's found. So the last thing we talked about was that Lizzie had been uh, the, the policeman's writing in his notes, and he thinks that Lizzie's answers are too cold and unfeeling. Yeah. She's very specific that it's not her mother that died, it's her stepmother, and that her mother's already dead, and she changed her dress, and now she just seems different. She's not sad enough. She is not grieving in the way that they want her to, mm-hmm. and she's expected to, and yeah. so now she's suspicious. Mm-hmm. And up until now, it doesn't seem like they thought she was suspicious. No, she's just now she's behaving weird. Not how she, not how they want. Right, because before this, she was throwing herself on couches, and she's 
uh, wailing and like clearly looks faint, most people say, who are there. And so it's a whole big deal. And that's when the cops weren't there, of course. Yes. Which we just learned this today. Uh, Fall River yes. has apparently like the highest like crime rate in the state or something. Yes. Yeah. It's so the most dangerous city to live in the state, uh, crime-wise. There's like sirens every 30 minutes. Constantly. And every time you see them, there's like five cars. It's crazy. I don't even... Spot. It's so much. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know what's happening all the time. So there's a trend. Yeah. Um... And remember, all the police were out of town, basically, <laughs> for their on their barbecue annual retreat that I'm sure was posted about in the paper 17 times. <laughs> Idiots. Um, yeah. By the way, criminals, all the cops are going to be gone. All the cops are out of town. See, that would be Free great. Free for all purge time. If, like, every, like, random years, they just didn't do it. So yeah. The, so the criminals could are, catch like, people. Yeah, you can catch Right, catch criminals. them off guard, and they won't actually know mm-hmm. whether or not they're going to be there. But um, they done been new. And, uh, yeah. So that's where we're starting. Um, so I want to talk about the evidence that they find. Right. So we talked about Dr. Bowen has given Lizzie some bromocaffeine mm-hmm. because she was having a headache because she was upset about the events. Yeah. Or the murders. So she discovered bodies and it's pretty terrible. Or a body, I guess. You know, our other suspects are kind of like Bridget, um, who was asleep upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, we t- they talked about this on the tour because we took a tour yesterday, um, so we got a little bit of information. Bridget says when she's interviewed that she has to, what'd she say? Uh, string. Okay. Mm. Um, that she, uh... Sam says spring. <laughs> yeah, our, string. Our ghost says string. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> just put her up there so they can hear her. Yeah, our, our, our guest. <laughs> yes. Our guest, Sam. Our guest on the podcast, Sam the Ghost. No one who's involved in the story is named Sam, so... No. Uh, just so you know. <laughs> they... I mean, the ghost could be lying. Yeah. Um, so when Bridget goes to... When Mr. Borden gets back to the house, she says when uh, she tries to... Or he knocks on the door, which he's confused by because he has a key. Mm-hmm. But they have three locks on the door, and all three locks are locked. Yeah. Oh, we got the bells. So if you can hear them... <sighs> we got the bells. Here we go. We're just going to talk through them. Yep. Sorry if it bugs you. We got to go. And so uh, she's, like, annoyed by that. She's, they, she curses in Gaelic, mm-hmm. um, which I think is adorable <laughs> yeah. because she's Irish. And um, she says she hears a giggle from upstairs, and mm-hmm. it's Lizzie yeah. is what she says. She doesn't see Lizzie. She just says she hears her giggling. Mm-hmm. And this is the same time period when um, Abby is supposed to be murdered mm-hmm. because they send their stomach contents away to Harvard. They examine them for poison. They're not poisoned. Mm-hmm. But they... Uh, determined from their, like, you know, stomach contents, last meal situations, like how long they've been dead. And Abby's uh, dead three hours, I think, longer than mm-hmm. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was at the house upstairs. Uh, and li- remember, Lizzie said that she didn't know whether she had gone out to see her friend or not. Okay. That she was going to do that, but she could have been upstairs. She's not sure what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there any point where both uh, Maggie for and that's Bridget. That's Bridget. The fourth iteration of the Maggies was and uh, Lizzie were both out of the house in that morning. No. Okay. Lizzie. Um, you at the same time. No. Bridget says that Lizzie suggests to her that she go to the sale 
um, that's supposed to be, I think, at like a fabric store or something okay. uh, in town. And um, Bridget says she'd like to, but she's sick. However, later, there's a lot of things like this, where later when they look at the evidence, um, that sales the next day. Oh, okay. Like, it's not on the 4th, it's on the 5th. Like, and it's not in the paper on the 4th when they look. Ah. So they're like, so Lizzie predicted the sale? Or misremembered it in her testimony? Or... Bridget misremembered. Because oh. Bridget's the one who says that. Okay. So that's a lot of what the defense is going to do, is try to make you realize that, like, maybe memories aren't the easiest thing. I mean, that's true. <laughs> it is very it's true. It's true, but that's not, that doesn't mean murder. No. Unfortunately. Well, and that's, that's what the defense is oh, saying. Yeah. Like. Be- like, look, because people, a lot of the problems with Lizzie that people have is Lizzie's memory. Yeah. Because she says a few different things a few different times. And, but so do other people who yeah. they talk to. Yeah. And Bridget is the star witness for the prosecution. And she, I think by far of everyone, has the clearest testimony with the least amount of errors. Mm-hmm. And still, she's wrong about that. Yeah. Already. Uh, so there's that. Um, but obviously, Haley, what are you looking for when there's a murderer? A murderer. Yes. <laughs> But if they're not there, the murder weapon. Yes. So we're looking for a hatchet. Or something. Yeah. Um, They are assuming a hatchet because of the size of the wounds and how they are. Uh, And, like, at the time, most houses have hatchets. They're just tools. Um, And they're not... Because you'll hear, you know, it's Lizzie Borden took an axe. Like, that's one of the first Mm -hmm. problems with that. Like, one is that we don't know it was Lizzie. And two, that it's not an axe, it's a hatchet. Because an axe requires... (laughs) Two hands. Yeah. And a hatchet's only single-handed. It's a little tiny axe. It's a little baby axe just to do, like, little baby work. Is there, like, no chance that it was, like, one of the heating irons? I don't think so. They're pretty sure from... Because the the chops are so thin, I think, that they're pretty sure that it had to be, like, going in and, like... Yeah. Uh, smack, smack, smack. It had a thinner edge. Yes. So they're pretty sure. And I think um, that Abby actually has um, one mark on her neck mm-hmm. that's like a, just like a cut. Yeah. And they're like, that's got to be from that hatchet. Um, so they're pretty sure it's a hatchet. Okay. However, they gather up all the house's hatchets because I think they have more than one. And um, when they find them, like they're all fine. They're clean. They're normal. Mm-hmm. You know, not like sparkling clean, like they've just been cleaned, but they are not covered in blood. And, uh, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't clean a hatchet once it's been used. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. Right. Once you use it, it's used forever. That's it. You're done. Yeah. Um, and they do find, I don't know if it's on this week, because they go through the house a few different times. Yeah. So on one of the times they go through the house, they find, um, a, they say a hatchet that doesn't have a handle. And they think that's the hatchet that was used because it looks like the handle was broken off recently. I don't know how they know that. And, it just um, seemed like a good guess at the time. The theory about that is that the handle would have blood on it. Okay. And that'd be harder to clean off than the actual hatchet head. Mm-hmm. So that they broke the handle off to just dispose of it. Sure. And that they the hatchet they had that was covered in ash, mm-hmm. and they think that that was trying to cover up um, blood and oh, things. Oh, like they broke it and then they burned it. No, like they dipped it in an ash pile. Apparently, oh. they have ash piles. That's a normal thing in Victorian America. Oh, sure, and they burn everything. Yes, they yeah. burn everything. And so they just have ash about. Okay. Um, so they think they put it in there to make it look dirtier and like so you couldn't tell that there's blood on it. Okay. Because they see red stains. But when they like actually test it and like check it out, the stains are like, you know, they clean the ash off. Um, the red stains are rust. Mm-hmm. And there is hair on it, but it's cow hair. 
Oh. So. Cow did it. It was a cow. It was a cow. It was a revenge. A rusty cow. (laughs) He murdered them. No, he couldn't because cows can only go upstairs. They can't go downstairs. And it would have been. (laughs) And Abby got killed first. It would have been a girl because otherwise it would be bull. Mm -hmm. It's true. Also, how do we know they can't go downstairs? That's just a fact. That sounds like a lie cows made up to get away with murder. <laughs> no, cows won't do it. If you take a cow upstairs, it won't go downstairs. I mean, babies won't, like, do chores unless you make them. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're, it's impossible. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess. I'm just saying, like, people do that sometimes as pranks in, like, rural high schools where they'll bring a cow in and they'll make it walk up the stairs and then the school has to use, like, a crane to get it out because it won't go downstairs. See, they're this, scared of it. This is how dedicated cows are. <laughs> To the murder lie. They went downstairs. No, oh, they, they planned they, that. They're preserving the secret. Yeah. <laughs> for hundreds of years. Right. They've been killing people for millennia, probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> at the top of stairs, and people never suspect the cow. Mm-hmm. It's true. Why would you? Yeah. Um, so, was there even a cow nearby? <laughs> probably not. They're okay. in town. <laughs> yeah. I doubt it. They're probably they- cows at their farm, maybe. But I bet, that's bet John has a cow on his farm. Miles and miles. He's from Iowa. Bet there's cows in Iowa. <laughs> I bet he brought his hatchet and killed them with it. Or some of his cow um, hair came off on the hatchet. Something. Um, they also... Uh, oh, so like I said, they figure out that Abby's murdered first, right? Um, and then Andrew's like a few hours later. So that's another reason why they think it's someone in the house like mm-hmm. who lives there. Right? Sure. And that's only Lizzie and Bridget are the only options at that point. Because John's out of the house and he's an alibi. And so does... And Emma's... He, he has, says he has an alibi. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a second. Emma has a really good alibi. Yeah. She's out of town, way out of town. So it's definitely not Emma. It's probably Emma. <laughs> it's not Emma. Um, but... Yeah, so right now we're really only looking at Lizzie and Bridget. Because the idea, if it's an outsider, is that they came in... Um, Locked all the front doors, killed Abby upstairs without anyone hearing it, mm-hmm. um, and then they stayed in the house for like three hours and waited to kill Andrew until he was sleeping. Yeah. So they'd have to be able to see him, like be watching, and be able to sneak down there and do that while Bridget's, and like not have Bridget see them going upstairs to go take a nap, or Lizzie downstairs or going outside. Yeah. Which is, I mean, fair. That's a lot of things to, uh, you know, be worried about. Like, possibly, especially if you need to, like, hide in the room because people are moving around. Mm-hmm. But it's not impossible. Yeah. Like, we're in the house right now, and I'm telling you, not impossible. Not impossible. And I do think the doors being locked is weird because mm-hmm. I don't know why, if Lizzie killed Abby, that she would do that. Yeah. It doesn't really make any sense to me. But that feels like something someone, an intruder might do mm-hmm. to keep people from getting in easier. Right. Right. So there's there's a lot of evidence that people bring up about Lizzie specifically, but there are things that make it seem like maybe it was someone else. Mm-hmm. So it really just is how you look at it. Right. Uh, what else are we looking for? Um, witnesses. There are no witnesses, <laughs> as far as we know. <laughs> Cows. No one saw anything, <laughs> uh, which is unfortunate also because it's really hard with crimes if you don't have a murder weapon or witnesses. Yeah, that's, the crime. Uh, that kind of just means, like, your case is over. It's not a lot to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, then you look at enemies. Does anyone have any enemies? Which I think is why it comes up that, like, Dr. Bowen was arguing with Andrew the day before. 
Um, yeah. Like motive. Does anyone yeah. want to? And the answer is everyone does. <laughs> the answer is, yeah, quite a few people don't love Andrew um, because he owns a lot of property. So a lot of the places that people live, he owns. And he's a real stickler about things. Um, our tour guide mentioned, and I didn't read this anywhere, but it's entirely possible that Andrew, when um, people would start making more money, he would raise their rent, mm-hmm. which like is possibly true. But I want to say like that might possibly be because he lowered their rent because they couldn't pay like the normal amount in the first place because mm-hmm. he isn't like a mean guy necessarily. Like he's, He wants to make a good deal with people. Right, because he wants to make money. Yeah, um, and he already owns the property, so it's like as long as he can cover his property tax, who cares? Um, but he, pro- you know, does want to be paid a fair I amount. Mean, he probably cares. He wants a profit. He does, but it's like it's better probably to have a person in there to have nobody in there, uh-huh. like that you're at least covering taxes and like p- maybe making some money. Yeah, maybe. Uh, which is why, like I said earlier, like he would be like make them pay that like the bills, even though he wasn't making them pay a lot of rent. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's just the thing. Like, he just didn't want to pay the bills. Yeah. So he's like, no, you have to do that. But then those people were also, like, mad. They were mad. There's lots of people yeah. who are mad at him a lot. So even if he is trying to be fair, people are mad. Yep. He's not He's not a likable guy. And so... Uh, yeah, no one likes landlords. No. <laughs> um, I also want to remind you that John is in town, right? He get, They get killed the day after he comes here. Mm-hmm. And that the first murder is in his room. Yep. Um, so that's a thing. Um, he says he was visiting relatives, and from what I read, uh, it sounded like he was at a house visiting relatives, mm-hmm. and then that he left to, like, go back to the house, to the boarding house, and then that Dr. Bowen was either on a call while John was there, or that he was headed to that same house to visit someone who was sick. Basic. And Sam thinks that's basic. Y'all basic. (laughs) Which I want to say, like, if John were to have killed Abby, like he pretended to leave, stayed Mm -hmm. in his room, didn't go uh, yet, Mm -hmm. killed Abby, and then left to go visit to be like, hey, I visited, I was there, whatever. Right. Um, And then, because he's got to have travel time in between, um, and then called Dr. Bowen so he wouldn't be around to help mm-hmm. and to, you know, be like, hey, I was over here. Um, and then came back and killed Andrew. Like, I don't think that's impossible. Seems a bit elaborate. And it does. strange to kill Abby and then leave the body there and not kill Lizzie. I mean, maybe structure. Lizzie just... Structure. Sam wants you to know there's structure. Um, maybe uh, Lizzie just wasn't there so he didn't worry about her. Because, like, if you're not in the house, the odds of someone just finding the body yeah, um, when your brother-in-law, mm-hmm. ex-brother-in-law... Uh, yeah, ex-brother-in-law. Um, is, still, is just asleep downstairs. He's yeah. still alive. Yes. Like, if your plan is to kill him, why... I don't know. So, uh, I want to talk real quick about why people might kill them, too. Um, because, obviously, the main reason to kill Andrew is for money mm-hmm. or in order for him not to be in charge of your properties anymore. Those are kind of the main two options, right? Yeah. So, like, people think that Lizzie killed him for money, that she wanted her inheritance, um, which is risky business if she thinks, because she's going to have to do a trial, probably. Mm -hmm. She has to know, like, that if she kills him, she's probably the main suspect. Um, And 
that that's going to be difficult for her to win a trial yeah. um, to get that money. So, And I don't think that she really desperately wanted it like some people do. Uh, she had money herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she had like... It's somewhere about like $13,000 or something. It's a significant amount of money. Yeah. It's nowhere near how much her father has. But it is money that is her own. It's like comfortable. Yeah, completely. Um, she is not like desperately in need of anything. She's annoyed that they don't have plumbing and they don't have, you know, other things, gas and things that people have. Right. That are seemingly normal now. Um, but like nothing seems to have been that dramatic happening right around then that would make her like freak out. What was the thing the, the tour guide mentioned something about? Cause we, we talked about he, Andrew bought Abby, the house for mm-hmm. a family member. Yes. For a dollar. And then the girls were uh, angry. So he bought them a house. Yeah. Cause he, well, he bought it and he deeded it to Abby. Yeah. So he basically just gave it to Abby and then Abby gave it to her family member. Uh, but then they mentioned something about like someone, he wanted it back. Or something? They sold it back to him. Okay. Before he died, they like a few weeks before, they sold it back to him for, I think, $5,000. The Abby's family did? No. Lizzie and Emma did. Okay. The house he gave them, they sold it back. Mm. I think they just wanted the money, probably. So they were like, we don't need this. Mm. Um, which also seems strange to me why they would then kill him for the money. Maybe like, they needed more. Maybe. But, like, I don't know what what for. Yeah. Because they both have their own money, and they have plenty. So I don't think they are like, oh, we need those hundreds of thousands right and now. And like, they didn't go off immediately after and, like, buy a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, they bought the house. Yeah, only, I mean, after um, everything happened with Lizzie and the trial, yes. They do buy the house in Mablecroft. Um, but I don't think it was that much money. Like, I don't think it was so much that they... Um, I don't think they would have moved just because they live with their parents mm-hmm. and they don't, they're not married. And so that was kind of like the thing, but now that they're dead, like they don't have sure. any responsibilities. So then they can be their own people and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which some people think that's why, uh, I think that's a little extreme of, of a reason. Cause I do think they could have just moved out and they chose not to, because I think they just liked living with their family and having a purpose. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. There's no indication that they don't like it. Like, no one no one ever says anything about it, uh-huh. including, like, Bridget or anyone. I mean, if you're trying to get away with murdering them, you wouldn't want to mention it. Yeah, but you can't assume that they... Like, you kind of have to assume the positive in all the situations unless there's negative evidence. You and, know what I mean? Then they were never murdered. <laughs> no one did it. Everything's fine. They slipped. But anyway, yeah. So it is a little strange, but it doesn't seem like evidence to me of anything Mm -hmm. it's once again just like kind of a weird thing but it's like those kinds of things happens all the time you know and they weren't using the property like every piece of evidence so far is just like it's so you know yes subjective right uh and it can be interpreted either way immediately yes exactly so like it doesn't matter so once again they're looking at lizzie obviously lizzie uh is like i said the main suspect and they come to talk to her a few days after the murders, and they tell her that she's the main suspect. Don't do that. She asks if they've found anyone, if they're looking at anyone specific, and they tell her, you. They're idiots. They've never done this before in their, their entire lives. It's very stupid. Have Especially <laughs> because, like I said, they don't have a lot of evidence. Uh, have they, like, recalled the rest of the police troop? Everybody's back, yeah. Okay. They, they came back that day. Okay. Um, 
Right, and they've searched the house a few times. They can't find anything. Um, the, the problem, too, also with Lizzie and, like, her ability to, like, even break that handle and stash it is that uh, presumably she can't leave the house. Um, she doesn't have time to. No one sees her leave the house. Her neighbors are, like, watching her. Mm-hmm. And they search the house a whole bunch and they can't find anything. So where is it? Burned? I don't know. I mean, if it's wood... Possibly, but they don't. They don't find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, that hatchet head doesn't have blood or anything on it, so yeah. it's probably not even that. But then, it, but then, if not, then there's a full hatchet somewhere, mm-hmm. and they can't find it. So hmm. that's a thing. You need a murder weapon. That's an issue as far yeah. as saying someone murdered someone when you don't have a weapon. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing too about like why was she saying she was in the barn eating pears? It would have been so hot. I'm like, maybe she's not sitting directly in the barn. Maybe she's standing by the barn. The theme of this is everyone in town is bored, and Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah, just don't worry about it. Um, Well, and there's a few things. I mean, like, it was just weird. It's like, it all matters. Yeah. But, like, sometimes people go out to barns. Just, like, it's not a big deal. And I know it's her alibi, but, like... And no one sees her out there, I want to say. Yeah. No one one testifies. She doesn't have anyone to... uh, Corroborate. Corroborate. She does not. Um, who knows where she went? Yeah, we, we're not sure. And, and people assume that obviously that Andrew was the target. Yeah. I mean, Um, she maybe just went and got rid of the weapon. Yeah. I'm just saying over Abby, but like Abby's kind of a, just like kind of probably a consequential thing. Um, and if they know anything about their wills, that's also a thing. And I don't know if the girls know anything about it or not, but they not both of them die intestate, which means they don't have wills. But because Abby dies first, all of her stuff goes to Andrew. Mm. Um, and then all of Andrew's stuff goes to the girls. Okay. Because if he had died first, all of his stuff would go to Abby. And then all of it would go through Abby's family. You think that was intentional? I don't know. Okay. I mean, that's, that's hard to say. It depends on who did it. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, so... It's possible, but it's also, like, like I said, if there's an intruder, it's possible that, like, Abby just catches them by surprise or something. And they're just like, well, I guess I gotta do this, too. Because also, I was surprised. I thought when we were on the tour, they mentioned the stuff that got stolen from the house. Yes. Was on the second floor, which I just assumed it was on the first floor because it's easier to access it. No, it was on the second floor. It was all from Andrew's room, from his Um, desk. Yeah, so if, like, if it's the intruder or same intruder coming back... Yes. Uh, I mean, wouldn't they just naturally go to the same floor? I yeah, guess. I mean, why not? I mean, why not? Uh, maybe they were trying to get to Andrew's room and then they couldn't because of Abby and then they got scared and they killed her. Yeah. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. Um, and they're, uh, to remind you, their barn had also been broken into multiple times. So mm-hmm. people could have been watching them from... Because that was in, like, April and this happened in August. Yeah. And it's a few times between April and August that that happens. So... That's a thing. <laughs> Someone could be watching you. Um, but anyway, so they have um, an inquest, which is basically they're just like, should we do a trial <laughs> with the no with a grand jury? You shouldn't. Um, but in before that happens, they find Lizzie, and she uh, it's her friend Alice is over visiting, uh, who's like comforting her when she was really sad and like she had Bridget go get her, and um, Alice. Is when she's over, Lizzie pulls out a dress. It's a blue dress. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, it's stained with brown paint from the house. And so, and then Emma's like, oh, well, you should get rid of it. You should burn it, right? And Lizzie's like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Because mm-hmm. they're like in the kitchen on the stove. Yeah. And then Alice is like, wait a minute, maybe you shouldn't do that. Because um, maybe it's blood. Because, well, and because, <laughs> and she's not sure if it's the dress that she wore that day or not. Yeah. Um, 
but Lizzie's like, no, it's it's paint, it's stained. And so then she burns it. Uh, but this is after they've told her she's a suspect and yeah. before her inquest. Um, and people find this very, very suspicious. It's a little sus. I, I want to say, though, apparently burning things at their house was pretty normal to get rid of them. I mean, burning everything is normal. That's probably yeah. where the murder was. It's not. The, maybe where the murder was. Maybe. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's a weird thing that happens that people find very suspicious. And so they have their uh, grand jury inquest and they come. I'm not going to really talk about that too much. It's just that they everybody gives their testimonies, whatever. And they come to the conclusion by the end of it that Lizzie is has a probable amount of guilt in this situation. Just enough to go to trial. Enough to go to trial. They say that's... There is enough. Okay. And that's a grand jury of her peers. I think it's 30 people. Yeah, her peers. And they, yeah, men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Entirely old men. Old, old men. Yeah. yeah. And they, they vote that that's what should happen. And then it's still the prosecutor's job to do that or not, to pursue it or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, he obviously decides to do that. <laughs> For some reason. And then they have a pre-trial hearing, which I think is to the judges specifically for them to kind of determine whether or not there's enough to mm-hmm. have a trial is what it sounds like. It's confusing because there's like three different steps here. Um, but then eventually they get to actual trial. And then Lizzie's being held in jail while that's happening. Apparently a pretty cushy jail. She's allowed to bring her furniture. <laughs> yeah. She's getting catered meals. They on the tour, they're like, apparently she gained like 20 pounds. She gained she a lot was... of weight because I mean, she doesn't. She can't go on walks. She can't work. She can't do anything. She just uh, anxious eats. Yeah, she's sitting and vegging in her cell until it's time. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes them almost a year to do the trial from oh. when the murders happen. Yeah, because they started the trial with no evidence. And that's pretty long, considering that they told Lizzie that she was a suspect within a few days. Yeah. And I think they had the inquest within, like, a week or two. And the trial's not for, like, a year. Do we know why they waited? I don't. Just whatever? Yep. Okay. Speedy trial. Speedy trial. (laughs) But so when they finally get to trial, um, Lizzie has hired... A lawyer, Jennings, which is funny. That's why I was wondering about the rooms upstairs when we were having a tour. Because there's one room that we didn't look at, which is the Jennings room. Mm-hmm. Because there's, like, Bridget's room over here. And then Jennings and Knowles' rooms are next to each other. Knowles is the prosecutor. Okay. Um, and Jennings is uh, Lizzie's defense lawyer. So their rooms are, like, next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um and there's apparently a joke from <laughs> Bordenists or whatever they're called. Oh, my gosh. I don't think that's it. I just made that up. Mm-hmm. Bord- Borden enthusiasts. Bordon- Bordonians. Bordonians. That, um, like, whether or not you believe Lizzie is guilty or innocent, <laughs> like, that's what room you stay in. Oh. Um, right. What do we think? Like, you say, well, we're not in those rooms. We're, we're like, exceedingly <laughs> neutral. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't know. But, yeah, like, you can't stay in Jennings' room if you think that she's guilty, and you can't stay in Knowles' room if you think she's innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like. That's cute. But uh, obviously Jennings needed to stay here to help her um, figure out what's going on and like to see the scene and to investigate everything. And um, when they get to trial, there's kind of like four main things that people are interested in, right? There's the hatchet. Mm -hmm. There's um, Lizzie's dress. There's um, like a later incident like that's happened after um, we've gone to trial. Like that's not near the murder. It's something... Someone hears Lizzie say, apparently, after the murder, mm-hmm. um, it's brought into evidence. And there's a fourth one that I can't remember right now. <laughs> but we're going to talk about those, and we'll see if I remember. 
Um, now I'm just like burning. <laughs> I might have to double check what it is. Uh, so the hatchet. They have people testify, obviously, about it. And um, what do they te- what do they testify about? Policemen testify about finding it. Oh, what did they find? Just a hatchet, the head. Uh, do they know that's the one that was used to in the murder? They think that's the one that was used. They don't know. It's they just do not know. It's a. They found a hatchet mm-hmm. in the house. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think they found a few, but the other ones were all ruled out. Mm-hmm. So that's the only one. This one had a cow hair on it. Had cow hair and rust. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure the defense talks about at length. Yeah. That that's what's on it. Um, but also, I know, I'm already like objection. Yeah, objection, Your Honor. Object, objection. It's a. <laughs> they found a random hatchet in the house. <laughs> but there's two policemen who talk about it. Different policemen, mm-hmm. and one of them says, "We found the hatchet head. There was no handle, and um, we thought it was a murder weapon." Right? And they talk about where they found it. I think they found it in the barn and, or maybe in the basement. I'm not sure. And, um, yeah, just gives that basically. And they're like, okay, great. I mean, that would have been great the first week. Yeah. Where have you gone? <laughs> What's happened since then? Uh, but then the second policeman goes and he testifies. And he was with this other policeman when they found it. And he says, okay, so you found the hatchet without the handle. And... And this is during, I think, the defense's questioning. Mm-hmm. And um, he says, no, uh, there was a handle. Oh, my God. Like, that there was a oh handle my God. near it. Okay. Um, Not on, just nearby. No, right next to it. Okay. Um, and then everyone in the courtroom's like, what? Because they've been talking about this you know, handleless hatchet for, like, days. Just, are, are they not required to submit evidence? No, they have the head. They just don't have the handle. The fact that the handle was there, not, like, there was a handle and then it was missing, not... This policeman says there was a handle there. Okay. So, um, he's just... And he memory. says that he, he, that he took it, you know, like, into evidence. Okay. Not took it himself. He, that he, <laughs> that he, he just took it? He says he put it into evidence. And so then the defense attorney, Jennings, turns to Knowles, who's the prosecutor, and he says... Do you have the handle? Mm-hmm. And Knowles looks like he wants to die because he's like, this is the first time I'm hearing of this. Um, I hate my life. <laughs> it's just like... I want to die. Just wants to cry. Hit me with the hatchet. This is the worst thing that could happen to me. It's like, I should have never left New York. This is really bad. <laughs> I really want to know where he's from now. <laughs> I don't it's know. like, I'm never coming here again. This is the worst place I've ever been. Um, a lot of dramatic things happen. Lizzie's, like, Lizzie doesn't know this. Um, so they had the autopsies in her house. Mm-hmm. And they left the bodies there overnight, which yeah. I think is the worst thing ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, um, what else are you going to do with it? When, after, like, while they were doing the autopsies, they buried the bloody clothes in the yard. Mm. I don't understand why. And they dug them out more than once, which means they reburied them. Just, like, keep them in a bag somewhere. Why do you have to bury them in the yard? And, like, it's not like Lizzie was doing it. It's yeah. like the policeman either told them to do it or they did it. So, like, what do you do? Why? It's not like it's preserving them. <laughs> How, don't you have it's a special worse. Po- police hole you bury stuff in? What are you doing? They're like dogs. <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous. I found a stick and I took it. Oh, I remember what the other one was. Yeah. Uh, the fourth thing. Um... Which is good. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure. Leave it, save it. It'll be a secret fourth yeah. thing. Shh, quiet. Uh, I mean, it's pretty important, so it'll probably be earlier rather than later. But, uh, so they took not only the stomachs out of them, but they also took their heads because they wanted to look at the skulls to see how the blows hit. 
Um, and they like, you know, used acid to eat away their faces and stuff. So they'd have the clean skulls uh, so they can show them at trial. But nobody told Lizzie that would be happening. No. And so they just whip out the heads of her parents who are bludgeoned <laughs> and Lizzie faints in the courtroom. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? Uh, it's just like horrifying. Here's your dad. Here's your dead dad's head. Um, and it's like, it's just a skull, which, you know, immediately is like, oh, and where you can really see um, the blows that it like broke through his skull multiple times. Like it's like it obviously it's not as graphic as seeing him in person, but like she didn't think she was gonna see him again right. at all. <laughs> so I'm like, this is it's pretty bad. rough. And it's, like she didn't even know they like cut off their heads and took their skulls. Yeah. At all. Mm-hmm. It's rough. And so she faints. Um, yeah, we should definitely post pictures of the like pictures of the skulls. Yes. Because it's it's pretty it's kinda cool. They're very cool. It's like someone took a clay pot yeah. and just, like, put a hammer through it. Yeah, they don't have the skulls here, the actual skulls, but they have, like, plastic uh, like, recreations, yeah. basically, little, of the skulls. They look replicas. very they look very good. Like, there's pictures. We'll have pictures of, like, that and the real skulls, and they're very close. So we'll definitely post those. Um, like, I can, I can see the back of the inside of your head. It's really dramatic. The hole through your eyeball and your nose is so large. Right. It's like... Like a whole, like a fist size Mm -hmm. is gone from your face. Right. Um, So they ask, the police do ask Lizzie for the dress that she was wearing that day because they want to test it. Mm -hmm. She gives them a blue dress and she's like, here you go. This is the dress I was wearing. Yeah. Um, You know, but Alice is worried because she saw her burn that other dress and it had like the brown stain on it, but like she thinks that could have been blood. So she tells that, you know, in her testimony that that's what happened. And, um... So they're very concerned about that dress. So they ask every single person who was a witness that day. Yeah. So they ask Dr. Bowen, and they ask Mrs. Churchill across the street, and they ask Alice, and they ask Bridget, and they ask Emma. Everyone, right? And they're like, hey, do you uh, know what that dress looked like that she was wearing that day? Yeah. Because it's pretty important. Because, you know... Eyewitness accounts are really good at remembering tiny details. Very, very useful. Over a year later. Yes. Um, oh, I forgot to mention, too, about the hatchet. Um, they, I guess after they discover that there might have been a handle, they go over to the warden house and they say, Hey, Emma, could we look in the house again for the millionth time to look for something? Mm-hmm. And she says, No. <laughs> and there's debate on that about whether or not she knows what's happening or yeah. whether she's just mad and done with it. Like, they're already yeah. trying her sister. Both of her parents are dead. Like, I'm not doing this with you anymore. Get a warrant. Yeah, get over it. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm excited to see how varied they get. Or if they're just very vague. It was blue. Ugh. I'm imagining people describing, like, a getaway vehicle, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It had four wheels. Maybe it was a Honda. Maybe it was a no. Ford. Might have been a semi-truck or a Prius. It's something. I don't know. It was fast. It was fast. It went real fast. Oh, here we go. Here's here's the blue dress business. Um, so Emma describes the dress that Lizzie was wearing uh-huh. as a blue cotton Bedford cord, very light blue ground with darker figure with an inch, about an inch long, and I think about three quarters of an inch wide, very cheap. Uh, there's a ruffle, a okay. narrow ruffle. Mary A. Raymond describes the dress she made for Lizzie. So the same dress as Bedford Cord, cheap cotton dress, trim with a ruffle at the bottom. Same thing. I'm I'm amazed at how close both of those are. Yeah. 
They are very, very similar. I mean, the one who made it should know. She should know. And then Emma would probably know. It's her sister's dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and Mrs. Raymond didn't see it that day. She's just the person who made it. So Emma's describing the dress that was made and that that, that was a dress oh. that Lizzie was wearing. Wow. No, it is a dress she's supposed to be wearing that day. I mean, yeah, but if she didn't know... She didn't see it. No, but she's saying like she just she says in her testimony that Ray, like that Mrs. Raymond made that dress, and this is what the dress looked like. Okay, and then she says that, and then they say about the dress that had the paint on it. Emma says that it was pointed at the top. It was broader than it was, or at the bottom than it was at the top. Um, that it was black or very dark blue, and there's a part of it that's very light blue. Okay, but that the main colors are like really dark. Whereas the other ones, like she said, those light. are really light and light there's blue. darker pieces. So it's just reversed. Apparently Lizzie has like 10 b- blue dresses. Okay. So this is an issue. Yeah. <laughs> like with what people oh are talking about. Yeah. Did they mention that's like, by the way, she has a million ten like blue dresses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they specifically mention it. Maybe she does. Like probably her defense attorney asks like, yeah. how many blue dresses do you have? And she's like, a lot. Um, it's a lot. And, like, the reason they're being so specific is because this is a textile, like, town. Right. So they, they know all... They kind of know what they're talking they about. They make the fabric. Yeah. Um, Dr. Bowen says, It was sort of drab, not much color to attract my attention. Uh, sort of morning uh, calico, I should judge. It's not a calico. Uh, he's completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ordinary, unattractive, common dress that I did not notice specifically. I would call it dark blue. But he's basically saying he didn't look. Like, he doesn't, you know, he's like, I don't know. I didn't notice. It was boring. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, you're very helpful. Um, Mrs. Churchill says that it was a light blue and white ground work. So it's got, like, white on the bottom. Yeah. Um, it looks like a calico or a cambric. It's not. At least the one that she took isn't. Um, and it's light blue, white ground work with a dark navy diamond blue print on it. Okay. So it's got white on the bottom, blue prints that are dark blue, lots of blue and white. It's very... She describes a very, like, chaotic dress comparatively to what Dr. Bowen said, which he's like, I don't know, it's blue? Whatever. (laughs) Blue? Right, like, he, because he says it's, like, ordinary and boring, but then Mrs. Churchill describes, like, crazy patterns. And Mm -hmm. so then you're like, what? This is a lot, it sounds like. A box pleat in the front. Bridget Sullivan testifies the dress is not a calico dress. (laughs) The man is crazy. Yeah. Well, and um, Mrs. Churchill said calico, too. Okay. So she's she's saying they're both wrong. Um, she says it was a blue dress with a sprig on it. Light blue, and the sprig is a darker blue, I think. Okay. So she's saying a dress light blue, like a sprig pattern, you know, like Okay, I can, I can see where someone might get, darker like, blue. a dark blue pattern if, you know, sure. there's elements. But, like, a sprig is a lot different than a diamond and white groundwork and just, like, what they're saying sound like very different dresses. I have to take your word for it because all these sound exactly the same to me. Yeah, well, they're not. Because they're saying, like, a full diamond pattern compared to, like, something that looks like a, um, like a tree limb or something. Shapes. Yeah, they're they're very different shapes and very different like colorings how they're doing it. Eh, it has shapes on it. Um, Bridget, Bridget was asked what sort of dress Lizzie had on Wednesday. She said a light blue wrapper on her. Um, so she just wears blue a lot. Uh, Charles R. S. Sawyer was unable to describe or tell whether the dress Lizzie had on was dark or light color. Fair. <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't care. He did it. He was just standing at the door. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> um, Mrs. Bowen um, testifies that Lizzie's dress was dark blue with a blouse waist, a white spray design, a round figure, or flower. Okay. 
So once again, really not the same thing. It's like the same ballpark, but like the prosecution's having witness after witness testify that Lizzie was wearing a certain dress because they want to prove it's not the dress she gave them, um, that it was the dress that she burned. But then all these witnesses are like saying things that aren't exactly the yeah. same. All they're proving is that the witnesses are not reliable. Right, because then Patrick Doherty, who's a special officer from the police department, says, I thought she had a light blue dress with a bosom in the waist or something like a bosom. I thought there was a small figure on the dress, a little spot-like. So he's saying it's like spotted and that it's light blue. And then other people are saying dark blue or light blue, but he says nothing about dark blue. And so then it's just like, what is happening? (laughs) Um, Which is really good for the defense because what the prosecution is trying to prove becomes so confusing that like nobody, everybody's like, what was the point of this again? Right. Like, what are we doing? Um, And I guess Alice testifies and she says that she only ever saw that dress that Lizzie had on two times. Or, or that she had burned. She said she saw it twice. She said she b- saw it like the day after Lizzie bought it. She showed it to her, and she saw her, in, or she saw it when she, she was burning it. Okay, which makes it presume that since Alice was there, that she didn't see her in the dress then. Yeah, she doesn't recognize it. Yes, which is then suspicious in that like she's the one who's like, "Hey, was that the dress you were wearing?" But then she says, "No, it wasn't the dress." Basically, and so you're like, "This is just throw it all out." It's first of all. It's basically meaningless. It could have been blood even on her dress, but that doesn't mean that she murdered them. And second of all, it's too confusing and no one can follow it. Um, And then the other main two stories. One is the prussic acid that everyone's going to talk to you about. Or prusic or pruic. I don't know how to say it. So prussic acid is just like cyanide, basically. And yes, we've we've talked about it on another (laughs) podcast. We have. And Lizzie apparently went to purchase some according to uh, a guy who owned a pharmacy or like a corner store that had a pharmacy in it. Um, his name was like Eli. And he said that someone came in named Miss Borden and she, that looked like Lizzie and she wanted to buy Prusic acid on the third. So the day before the murders and that they wouldn't sell it to her because she didn't have a prescription. Okay. That it was a, you had to have a prescription for it. Sure. And uh, so then she left. Okay. That's it. Uh, anyone else can corroborate that that happened? No. Great. Uh, let's (laughs) throw it out. And the problem with that too, is I told you earlier in our last episode that, um, there are 125 Borden families in Fall River. So just because a woman who sort of looks like Lizzie comes into a store and says, I'm Miss Borden, I need this, doesn't mean it was Lizzie. And even if it was, uh, doesn't prove she murdered anyone no and this is a problem that the judges i think have there are three judges in this case for some reason they have three they keep like i don't want to do this yeah let's just do it together this is dumb <laughs> yeah um but they hear so like the uh you know attorney argues about why they should allow this prussic acid evidence in and so they let them talk about it for a bit because they're like maybe this is going to be useful and then they get to the point where they're just like, this is stupid. We're not going to talk about this anymore. You're not allowed to talk about it. Uh, because he starts bringing in people because uh, they're trying to, th- like, I think his defense lawyer suggests that, like, even if Lizzie asked for this poison, that it might not have been to poison anyone because there's other uses for it. And that maybe she was using it to clean a seal skin coat. 
um, because that's apparently a thing you do. But then the like the prosecuting attorney calls like furriers to come in to ask them if that's something you would do. And then the judges are like, "We're not doing this anymore. No. This is way off track. This is so stupid." Um, and they were like, "Just even if she was gonna buy poison to kill them, that has nothing to do with hatchets. Like it's just not the same thing." Yeah. And they said it's too far away, even like that. It's a whole day before like the event happens. They're like, "Can we just talk about the event and what happened, and not about like this?" nonsense because it's just not related no no you yeah no motive at all if it is her (laughs) at all uh and it's just like and they think that maybe she tried to poison them before when they all got sick the one day she got sick she also got sick and i mean maybe she was faking but i don't know it's like and they are not eating good meat and it's the middle of summer yeah and they don't have a fridge there are a lot of reasons why they probably got sick that had nothing to do with lizzie uh, the final story is she has a new maid because Bridget is this prosecuting attorney's witness. And uh, so it's not the best for her. Maggie Five. Maggie leaves. Yeah, we got a new Maggie. <laughs> um, and her name, I think, is Hannah mm-hmm. or something like that. Maggie. Um, but she is their new maid. And she over. She says she, well, I should say, a paper prints a story that she is the witness of that she says she overhears um, Emma and Lizzie talking and that, well, like while, uh, Lizzie's in jail and that Lizzie says, Emma, you've given me away and Lizzie or to Liz or that Lizzie says, Emma, you've given me away. And then Emma says, no, I didn't tell them anything about what they needed to defend you. And then Lizzie says that she's not going to talk to her anymore and that Emma stays there for the rest of the visit that she's allowed, but they don't talk. Okay. And then Emma leaves. Okay. Which sounds incriminating. Um, in that, you know, you've given me away, perhaps. But also, I don't... It doesn't... She never says, like, you gave away that I murdered them. Yeah. So it also is still pretty vague. And then um, Hannah, the maid, um, sees that story, and then she says that she did not say that. That oh. she never talked to them. And so then the defense tries to get her to sign an affidavit that says she didn't talk to them. To prove it, right? To, like, this is my statement that I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, people do this all the time for witnesses. It's a normal thing. And uh, they try to go turn it in. And they say, um, no, we're not going to let you turn in this affidavit. She can testify in court. Uh, is that normal? I don't think so. That's... I think they usually accept affidavits. I don't think weird. that would be allowed now. Yeah. I think you have to accept like, it. we won't let you file your paperwork. Yeah. You we won't accept to, it. You have you to. You have to make her appear at court. That mm-hmm. seems a bit weird. Yeah, so now she has to testify at court. And so she does, and it's funny because in one of the podcasts I listened to, they talked about, like, well, now she's, like, in between a rock and a hard place because either she says that she, that is what she said and that she was lying before and is, like, definitely going to get fired and also, like, people are going to, you know, think that's terrible. Yeah, and, like, not or, trust her ever as a an employee. Right. Or she has to say that she, like, maybe uh, told that to the paper, but she lied or that she didn't. And somehow they just, like, concocted that. But then why didn't she? I don't know. There's, there's this, it doesn't look good for her, generally. Yeah. And so uh, she's on the stand and testifying. And uh, Jennings is talking to her. Which one's Jennings? He's the defense lawyer. Okay. So he's Lizzie's lawyer. And he's talking to her, and he says, she she says that, I think she says she heard that conversation, um, and he asks her, like, she, and he, he asks her what day, and she tells him what day. Mm-hmm. 
And then he says, do you remember anything else about that day? And she says, <laughs> no. Yeah. And um, Jennings keeps asking her kind of like weird slanted questions mm-hmm. um, that I'm sure people in the courtroom are confused about because they don't seem related. And so uh, he asks her kind of these weird questions and she's kind of like, what's going on? And then... What kind of questions? Uh, I don't remember. It's just like other stuff about the day. Like, oh, sure. you don't remember this? You don't remember that? Like, he's like, did anyone come over? What happened? And right. she just what'd you, saying, what'd you eat that morning? Exactly. Oh, and she keeps saying, I can't remember, I can't remember, I can't remember. And then, but the reason he's doing this is because he was at the house that day. Mm. So he knows. He does know. Yes. He took notes. He's, yes. And he's trying, and he didn't hear this conversation that apparently happened, but he does know that he was there that day. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to get her to remember something else. Um, Yeah. So it's not just like this vague moment in time, right? And so he says, what else happened that day? And then like asks her, and then he says, wasn't there something about an egg? Like an incident with an egg in the morning Mm -hmm. at breakfast? I mean, usually... Yeah, you think? Well, when, I mean, when isn't there? Oh, by the way, part of the tour is the going to the basement. Yeah, and they had like a wall of eggs. It's just the boxes all say eggs, 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 eggs. It's like that's that's like the scariest thing I've seen. <laughs> yeah, that's too many eggs. What if I need eggs? I I can't. They're <laughs> they've bought all the eggs. They stole them all from me, and so uh, he says anything with an egg. And then she's like, oh, there is a funny story with an egg. And she talks about how um, Lizzie, she, she was like playing a prank on Lizzie, I guess, or like showing her a cool thing. And she told Lizzie, you can't crush, or she, she said, Lizzie, I bet you can't crush an egg. That's okay. And <laughs> to Lizzie, right? And Lizzie says, or like, you can't crack an egg. And Lizzie says, of course I can. And she's like, anyway? And she says, anyway. And so then that she goes and gets an egg and she tells her she needs to crush it in her fist. Um... And she says, okay. And so then Lizzie puts the egg in her fist and she like squeezes as hard as she can and it doesn't break. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like that Lizzie humorously said something like, wow, that's the first time like I've never, or I haven't been able to do something, you know, is <laughs> like being, she's a real sarcastic girl. Yeah. So she's like, wow, I've never failed at anything before. Mm. Um, and that they all laughed and it was a great time. Um, and Jennings knows because he was there. Yeah. Um, or he, I think he had like, he just gets there like at the end. And so they tell him the story. Mm-hmm. So he remembers. And so uh, she tells a whole story and then is like, oh, yeah, it was funny, blah, blah, blah. And, like, seemingly doesn't understand until as soon as she finishes the story, because then she remembers, like, oh, Jennings was there. And, like, that's why he keeps asking about it. And she's like, oh, it was that day. Um, and it's, like, to put her mind into context. Because I think after that she says that she doesn't actually remember them having that conversation. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, she backpedals on it. Um and he kind of proves that she's lying just inherently, that he's like, you don't remember anything else, nothing else. And then he's able to help her remember something. So he's like, I mean, you could if you tried. I, I guess. I don't know. Memory's weird. It is weird. But, like, also, all of this is just, like, nonsense. Yeah. There, there isn't enough actual physical evidence. The, and like I said, these are the four main things for the prosecution. That's all they have. They have yeah. the hatchet. They have the acid. They have the dress. And they have this. And that's it. Oh, I forgot to mention too about the dress. One of the policemen, apparently, um, says like, oh yeah, I remember the color of Lizzie's dress. And I'm like, I don't know if Jennings knows this or not. Or if Knowles just asks him. I don't know who's questioning him. But they ask him to point out another object in the court that is the same color. Mm -hmm. Um, And he points to a man's tie and it is white. (laughs) 
<laughs> a white one. Which is how we learn that he's colorblind, so he's useless. <laughs> but I just love that because it's like, Knowles thinks he has so many like slam dunk people yeah ready to go yeah. and then he's got this guy on here who can't even point at colors so it's just like what <laughs> it's and he's got these other policemen who can't tell whether there's a hatchet handle or not and then emma won't let them in and it's just miserable yeah um and so her all-male jury <laughs> goes out yeah to talk about they, it they all took a photo together afterwards they did it's real douchey um because they're real important. But they all go and talk about it for an hour, and then they come back that Lizzie is not guilty. I'm, like, proud of them. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't take them very long. Because even with that little amount of evidence, I'd be like, New England trial against single woman mm-hmm. who did a thing, no evidence, all-male jury, they're probably going to convict her anyway, just just to, you know, roast some marshmallows. Sure. Uh, but they don't. They do not. Um they don't seem to think there's enough evidence, and they be right, because that's all redonkulous. Um, now I want to talk to you about theories for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is, like we talked about earlier about the Kristen Stewart movie, there's a theory <laughs> yeah. that Bridget and Emma, or not Emma, Lizzie, were dating. Boy, wouldn't that be a weird twist? <laughs> Bridget and Emma's dating. Yeah. Uh, no, that Lizzie and Bridget are dating. Maggie. Which I have a problem with because of the Maggie thing. <laughs> I just, I feel like that's really insulting if she's like your secret girlfriend to call her your last maid's name. Right? I think you, like, what? It's weird. There's also no actual proof of this. Like, yeah. This I, is just an assumption from people. And all basically all the things we talk about from now on are going to be assumptions from it's, people. It's a, like, fun, scan, scandalous assumption. Yes. And gives uh, Kristen Stewart a chance to be super gay on screen, which, like, is fine. Yeah, totally. Uh, but it doesn't seem to make sense. Or it, at the very least, it's very weird and rude. Right. To uh, Bridget. Yeah. Um, and, and to... Uh, Lizzie, because Lizzie, you know, she's like very religious and it really feels like to me that this is probably just like something to tear her down more, um, you know, to be like, she doesn't have her virtue anymore. Uh, cause she's not a virgin. She's a lesbian and with her maid, uh, you know, cause she's evil. And I'm like, this is just stupid. Um, and I don't have a problem like speculating that people might've been in gay relationships, obviously historical people. Was that a theory at the time or is that a new one? Um, I know that people talk about it now. I don't remember if people talk about it back that then. seems like weirdly open-minded for at the time. I can't even picture them fabricating that oh like thinking that's a possibility yeah i think maybe they could have i don't remember though um but either way i just i don't there's no real evidence so it doesn't matter to me yeah um whereas like later in lizzie's life she's friends with she she once they moved to Maplecroft to their new house um she's becomes friends with a whole bunch of actors because she's really into like theater apparently she goes like to matinee and then we'll go to the evening show too Mm -hmm. like she's way into it because there's nothing else to do yeah um and lizzie has enough money that she can go twice a day and so she does um and she's really into like a specific actress um and they become friends gay right and i'm like that makes a lot more sense to me and she's like she's like throwing parties specifically for that woman to show up for the whole troop but like Mm -hmm. she specifically wants to talk to her yeah um yeah she do yeah and like when uh interviewed later the actress that she talked to i don't remember her name but she says something like julie (laughs) no 
She says something like um, that she and Lizzie were like acquaintances. She makes it sound very blasé, like that I didn't really know her or whatever. You know, like she didn't really care about her. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that Lizzie wasn't into her because it seems like she might have been. Sure. Um, But also she may have been like asexual or just like not attracted to people. I don't know. Just doesn't have the time. Right. And just doesn't like care. Mm -hmm. Because that's always an option that people don't think about. She just wanted to... Live a quiet life and have some dogs. Yeah, and just chill out, but nope, not going to happen. Uh, after the trial, people, like, egg her car and her, or, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> her car. Because, um, yeah, that's when cars are coming out, so they'll egg her car, her carriage, they'll egg her house. Um, they'll leave her, like, rude notes and sing the, you know, the dog girl we talked about last time. They That's made up in her lifetime. Um, <laughs> so pretty good. Children will sing that at her. Loudly. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, really, she just should have moved out of Fall River. I yeah. don't know why she stayed here. I don't know. It's a huge mistake. Also, it's a terribly violent place. <laughs> like, don't, don't live here. So you should not do that. Um, I want to tell you about my theory, um, which is a serial killer, which I think makes just about as much sense as anything else. Yeah. So there's this book they started reading. I didn't get to read too much of it, though. It's called The Man from the Train, and it's by Bill James. And he is a baseball statistician. Oh, wow. Okay. He invented um, this type of analysis called sabermetrics, which apparently is used for, like, all sports now. That sounds very nerdy. (laughs) Yes. That sounds like a choice. Yeah. But because of his background in statistics... Um, he said he was, like, looking, he heard about this murder that happened, um, in, I think it's in, uh, Villisca is the one that he talks about first, uh, which is very, Villisca, Ohio, which is really famous. It's this, like, family that got slaughtered in their sleep, um, and it's, like, they, they had two, like, little girls visiting from a different family, and they also were killed. Like, they were having a sleepover. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very dramatic. Especially because, like, it's so ridiculous, some of those things. Because it's, like, their streetlights were all out that night. Yeah. Because they were having budget problems. Oh, no. And that these policemen apparently saw a dude oh. that they thought was a stranger. Oh, I hate that. And they were like, hey. And then he didn't stop, and then they just didn't pursue him. I hate it when it's something like that. Yeah. Like, who was the... Gosh, I'm not going to be able to remember what it was, but, like, the murderer was helping to carry the victim. Oh, I don't like, know. Like, somewhere, and the cops were like, hey, what are you doing? And the murderer was just like, oh, they just had a lot to drink. I'm just oh, helping them. Yep. I'm just helping them home. And then they just went and murdered them. Mm-hmm. Cops were like, that seems fine. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, just being a good citizen. Right, and this guy wasn't doing anything. He was just walking down the street, and they thought they didn't recognize him, and that's weird because their town's not very big. Mm-hmm. So they were like, who is that? Um, and, you know, it's back in the... It, this is in, like, the... Uh, it's in 1912, so people are still pretty nosy about what you're doing <laughs> yeah. here, strangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the whole family gets slaughtered. It's really rough. Um, and uh, there's a few things about it that are specific, like the chimneys, I think, of some of the lanterns are missing. They're uh, taken. Okay. Sure. Um, sure. The, some of the mirrors are covered up. Uh-huh. Okay. With, like, sheets. And um, and they were mostly hacked Ugh. to death, except for the father, I think, was also shot. Oh, yeah. You know. So. Chill. Just a little overkill. Yeah. But it was, like, eight to ten people were in that house who were killed. 
All wow, of them. Wow, that's a lot of energy. Yes. Someone was binging. It's a lot. <laughs> Someone um, was on a binge. And after reading about that, uh, Bill was like, this is not this first guy's thing. No. There's no, no way. This was like, he had to go without for a couple days. Yeah, right. And so uh, he thinks that he was a serial killer probably. And so he was like, we should look around the area to see if other people had been killed in the same way. Mm-hmm. And he and his daughter do all this research, and they find out there's a whole, like, that. I think every year during the span of time that they look at, there are eight families who are murdered with a hatchet or an axe, um, like, across the country, mm-hmm. um, which is, like, pretty high for just, like, whole family slaughter. Um, and that all of these places are very, very close to train tracks. Like, very walkable from a train Makes sense. and across the country. Yeah. And so they think that it was a serial killer who was traveling across the country, getting off the train, killing some people, get back on the train, leave. What a, He's doing his grand tour. Yeah. <laughs> Having a good time. Well, that would be interesting. Um, so he, they think that his first one is in uh, 1897 because they, they have a, a guess about who it is. Okay. Because this guy is accused of a similar murder that happens in this town, and I think he just runs away. Mm. Um, <laughs> Great. So Law is so weird in the past. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, did you kill these people? Bye. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that he was involved in that. And so uh, that they attribute all of them to this guy. Now, our murders happened in 1892. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few of the things about his murders don't line up, but... Um, knowing a little bit about true crime myself. Yeah. Um, a dabbler. <laughs> a little bit of a dabble. A dabbler. Um, usually you have to work up to your pattern. No one kills, like, what was it, 12? It was like 8 to 10. Like 10 people on their first try. No. Unless they're having a, like, severe, real, like, chemical-based psychotic breakdown. Break. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And they think they're seeing Satan. Right. And so my theory, and I guess other people have asked him about this. I saw on like a forum or like he, he has a blog, I think. And someone posted on the blog and asked if mm-hmm. he thought this was involved. Uh, and I'll tell you in a minute what he said. But like my theory is that maybe this guy is from Fall River or he's from around there. Uh, Bill's theory is that he is like a lumberjack or something because he's getting work seemingly in these areas that he's moving all around to. Sure. Um, and he always seems to have hatchets and axes nearby <laughs> ready to go. Uh, that's perfect. Um, he thinks that he usually borrows an axe from someone nearby, uses mm-hmm. it, and then disposes of it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, he just does that and then skips town. So I think that the crimes, like the robberies, are related. Mm-hmm. And, like, the breaking into the barn is related to the murders in general. He's just kind of checking out the scene. Yeah, and that he's escalating. Yeah. That it's, like, it started with just, like, robbery and, like, you know, um, like, voyeurism. Mm-hmm. And that maybe he's just, like, gotten obsessed. And, like, maybe he is mad at the Bordens for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, that he lives in town or he lives nearby. Um, Bill actually talks about the guy that he thinks it is did, like, farmhand work for the first family that he got accused of murdering. Oh. Um, and John was in town specifically to help Andrew look for a farmhand for Swansea. Oh, how, like, creepy and cool would it be if that was the thing? Right? Mm-hmm. And so that's a thing. Um, but let me describe to you what Bill says is the guy's pattern, generally, like, what he does. And okay. so some of this is going to be the same and some of it's not. Um, but I'm, if I'm ascribing this to, like, being one of his early murders, um, it might be that he doesn't have his plan down yet. Like, his pattern. It's early still. Yeah. He's adapting. And plans, like, 
The plans have changed. So the similarities include being within a few hundred feet of a railroad junction, uh, which is why his book is called The Man from the Train. Uh, he said in his reply to someone that fall like this house at the time was half a mile from the train. So not super close, but not really far. Sure. Um, still within, he thinks, reasonable distance, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them are way closer. Uh the slaughter of entire families in small towns to, with little to no police force. Um, if he is from Fall River or has read the newspaper, he knows all the police are out of town. Yeah. Uh, and it might have been that he was just trying to steal something. And then he, you know, like... Got caught or something. Got caught by Abby. Or he was worried, like, he was trying to leave and he got caught by Abby and then didn't know what to do. Yeah. And then, like, couldn't get out. And then maybe when he goes downstairs and tries to get out, uh, Andrew's there. Mm-hmm. Maybe he hears Bridget go upstairs and so he's hiding from that and he doesn't know how long to hide. Yeah. And he's just in here for hours. I don't know. <laughs> Which I love, too, because it's mm-hmm. that, that extra creepy idea of yes. there's a murderer in your house and you just don't know it. And you have no idea. Um, they've, like, maybe they've killed someone and you just, like, are going about your day and you're like, you know, I'm going to go get a pair from outside. Yeah, just chilling. Um, right, and, like, and maybe he's, he's still, like, lurking somewhere above you. Yeah, like, if he mm-hmm. killed her there, maybe he's in this room and can see Lizzie outside. Yeah. So he knows she's outside. He can go downstairs, you know? Like, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, because the, the windows, like, where Abby, or, like, you know, on, yeah. the, on that floor, they look out over the side door where you exit the house. They do. So, it's possible. Uh, the family's having a barn where the killer was to believe to have hidden to observe the families. Mm-hmm. The barn's been broken into multiple times right before the murders. Yeah, there's a window. Now it's the, um, there's like a cat who lives here named, yeah. <laughs> named Max. Very cute. He He's kind of the security guard around here. Mm-hmm. He'll sometimes sit in the window and watch people. It's yeah, very, just, very, very cute. Just chilling. Um, the families have no dog to warn an intruder. They do not have a dog. Uh, the killer uses a... Oh, how sad. Maybe Lizzie gets dogs later. I know. That's why it's sad. Like, oh, maybe, that she needs maybe, dogs. Maybe that's why she has so many dogs. Because she's afraid. I mean, if she's not the killer, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, maybe she thinks they're going to come back for her or something. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Or puppies are just really cute. Also, like, the people are, like, vandalizing her house. Yeah. So there's that. Um, Especially if you're already afraid someone's going to break in and kill you. Yeah. And it's, like, people coming up and showing up at your house at night. Really all the chill. time. Mm-hmm. Um, right. They'll come up and ring her doorbell, like, a million times. <laughs> yeah. It's violently. It's like, oh, go to the creepy, yeah, where the creepy woman lives. Yeah, you become the, um... The mild hazing for children. Yes. Um, the killer uses a blunt edge of an axe as a weapon. Okay. So, yep. Um, the killer leaving the axe in plain sight. So, there's a theory about this. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I guess, when they examined Abby's wounds specifically, she was killed first, remember? Yeah. That um, there was, like, this paint in her wounds, um, which meant that the axe was new. Like, it was, like, orange paint that they had on, like, the blade of it. Like, mm. when they were brand new to, like... Oh. Sh- like, to protect it from weather or something. Yeah. Um, but there's none in Andrew. So, like, after he's used... Or after someone's used it on Abby, it's gone. Yeah. Um, and someone in town, I guess, around this time said... Like, one of their neighbors said that their hatchet had been stolen. Mm. Like, they couldn't find it. And then someone else at, a, like, a few houses down or, like, a couple blocks down the street was like, Hey, there's one right here mm-hmm. that I didn't get. Sure. That just happens to be here. Police do not collect that. <laughs> not interested. It's not in the house. It's not Lizzie related. How could she get it there? Not important. Right. Um, the killer covering uh, the victims with sheets or blankets prior to the murders, probably to prevent blood spatter. 
That's uh, very smart. It is very smart. On the other hand, it means that there's like an extra piece of physical evidence that he has to get rid of. It's true. Uh, but it's um, easy to burn, I guess? Probably. And does he just I, like carry it around with him though? I don't know. And I don't know. Um, like presumably normally he's killing the whole family, so he probably disposes of it there. Sure. But if he sure. was doing this one, he definitely didn't. I don't know if he would have used a sheet in this. I don't think for Abby that they suspected that. Mm-hmm. But for Andrew, it's like weirdly not blood spattered, actually. I mean, Abby's different. Her wounds are all from the back of the head. So yes. she's like didn't see it coming. Yeah. And they're, like, straddled on top of her, hitting her down. So all the blood's kind of just going to pool. It's going to go up and then down. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Andrew should be kind of, like, splattered yeah. everywhere. And it's not really in the pictures. It's very neat. It is very neat. Which maybe he was using the, that method. Yeah. yeah. Or someone was. Um, Do you think um, people would have cleaned up the couch area before they took pictures? Or were those actual crime photos? I think those are crime photos. Okay. I think they took them as soon as they got there. I don't think I, th- I think the police were smart enough to know not to touch it until someone came with a camera. Hard to say what they were smart enough to do. It is because there were so many people in the house who could have done anything, and that Doctor Bowen had already looked at him. Right. But I don't think he cleaned anything. That's not his job. And he was too busy checking his pulse and then looking for clues and then sending a telegram. Can you imagine <laughs> checking his pulse? Yeah. When you can like see inside his nasal cavity, in his head, into his. You can see his brain, crushed brain. Yeah. Puddle. And you're like, let's just check. Maybe as a pulse. He's okay. Check his breathing. Hmm. I would put my fingers under his nose, but there's just a gash. Right. Um, And I want to say up until now, I haven't been trying to aim towards this because there are a few things on this list that he doesn't do Mm -hmm. and that are just not a thing. But like some of the evidence I'm bringing up just wasn't important earlier. And it's only important if this is the guy. Yeah. Um, it says the killer moving or stacking the bodies after the murders. But like I said, if this is like the first time he's doing this, he's probably not doing that. And he probably doesn't have time if he's trapped in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, the killer covering the windows from inside the house with sheets or towels. And uh, it wasn't mirror. Sorry. It was windows. Mm. Um, and maybe that's so people can't. <laughs> that's so, that's a little better. Cause in yeah. my mind it was, he is in the house planning beforehand mm-hmm. and like covering mirrors so people can't like see behind them oh, when sure. he comes up to kill them. No, no, no. Which is like the creepiest <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> Because you'll just see, like, a mirror in your house and it has something over and you're like, why is that? Why is that? And you go to take it off and then you're dead. I mean, it's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) But I, well, and, like, if it was the mirrors, like, that's a a superstitious thing, too. Mm, Of, like, you know, that the spirits are going to see you through them and that, like, they're going to know you did the bad. So, like, sometimes people do that, too. And then the killer, like I said, covering the windows and the absence of robbery. Um, he doesn't rob any, or like nothing is stolen that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that that's because he, cause I assume that if it was this guy, that he came into the house to rob them, mm-hmm. that he realized people were in the house that he didn't think were going to be here. Yeah. Um, and that became a problem that maybe he even like heard Abby doing something hid in the guest room and then she's in the guest room. Yeah. Like maybe even in that like closet thing there Ooh, yeah. and then he's stuck mm-hmm. and then he's like, what do I do? <sighs> And then he's like, gotta kill her. As soon as she, like, turns around, he's, like, popping out of the closet. Yep. He's like, gotta do it. Murderer Um, in the closet. Remember, this is all my theory. It's not necessarily true. Sure. Um, But you know what? Everyone else gets to give their theory. This is mine. 
Um, that then, you know, he's like, uh, oh, what do I do? Cause he, and he hears Bridget go upstairs to go to bed. So he knows more people are in the house. He can see Lizzie downstairs and he's like, oh gosh. Um, <laughs> oh my, where did you all come from? He can from? probably hear, uh, because at the same time that Abby's being murdered, that's when Andrew gets home. So he can hear probably Andrew getting home. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming he was trying, if he was going to kill anyone, that he was going to kill Andrew. That maybe, maybe yeah. he was here to kill Andrew, but maybe he was just here to steal something and had that just in case. But if you're going to kill anyone, you got to kill the man. But if he's already killed abby that maybe he's like you know what i'm just gonna kill andrew too Mm -hmm. because i hate him um (laughs) because he wouldn't give me a job at the farm because the one thing that he said about to john about the farmhand Mm -hmm. was that he wanted to meet him because he wasn't sure you would trust him sure and that maybe he did meet him and didn't trust him (laughs) didn't want to give him a job Uh. and he was banking on it because andrew borden makes that money even though he's a freaking penny pincher and he probably won't pay you anything and this murder is like why don't you trust me i'm gonna kill you yeah Hmm. then maybe that's the thing um, and so that he is trying to get away, that he sneaks downstairs while Lizzie's outside, because he can see she's outside. He knows Bridget's upstairs. She hasn't come down for a while. Sneaks downstairs, sees Andrew sleeping, is like, might as well do this. <laughs> well, you're here. I'm here. Let's get it done. It'd be a waste. Yeah. Hits him. Um, and then maybe hides, um, when Lizzie comes in or maybe runs out the back door and she just doesn't see him because she's in the barn. Because she says she hears a scraping sound, which is likely the door, Mm -hmm. and then she hears a groan, which is likely her father, Mm -hmm. Um, and that maybe she hears the groan because the door Uh, is opened. That's the worst. And she says he like was alive for a bit. Uh huh. Well, and she says that she latched it, and then when she goes, it's not latched anymore. Mm -hmm. So then maybe that's when it gets unlatched because he's running away. Yeah. Um, He can't like lock it behind him. Nope. And that he just runs, disposes of that axe at a house nearby, keeps going. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. And that's it. Cool. <laughs> That's what my theory is. Other people think it's John or Dr. Bowen the or cow. Dr. Bowen and John. The cows. Or Lizzie and John. Or um, people think Emma's covering up for Lizzie. All sorts of things. Mm-hmm. How'd you hear about this book? Um, I heard about it, I think, from a different podcast, actually. Because mm-hmm. um, I wasn't really thinking about it. Because I'm immediately like, I need to read this right now. I purchased it so you can read my copy. Yay. <laughs> um, and I am really into it so far. Um, he's a good writer. He writes a lot like a journalist, so it's very engaged um, and interesting. I want um, statistics people to do more true crime studying. I agree. Because like that's why he thought it was suspicious, was just because of statistics. He was like, this doesn't make sense that this would keep happening to people. Although how... like how do people usually commit um like family annihilations i don't know at the time i'm sure he did more research in it than i <laughs> could possibly know yeah. having only read like 10 pages of it um but yeah i heard about it separately and then i was like wait a minute wasn't there supposed to be some guy on a train who like kills people with an axe like maybe it was that guy is it the right time and like i said it's five years earlier than he thinks the first one is Mm -hmm. and when he was asked on his blog post if he thought it was true he said like there are plenty of things that are similar but i think it's too early sure um but like i don't think that doesn't mean it can't be i mean it's as likely as any of the other ones like you said yeah i mean it fits the narrative of like what i just told you so Mm -hmm. it's like there you go i can make a story out of it it's possible and honestly like i think that's a better story than what they had for lizzie yeah so yeah the only reason i really want it to be lizzie is just because i like the narrative of a girl just fed up and she's like you know what i'm gonna do this myself Right, like, maybe I shouldn't say this before we spend another night in this house, um, I, but... How, how could it be worse than anything I've <laughs> said? Than anything you said, it's true. Um, but I don't... If Lizzie did it, I don't really care. 
Yeah. Like, it does, I'm not like, oh man, she's bad. Exactly. It's like, I mean, whatever. I just, what I care about is that, like, people think that she did it just because of public opinion and not because of evidence. Yeah. And that's what frustrates me. Mm-hmm. And that, like, you know, I did very little research and found somebody who could be a candidate for that crime um, with evidence, <laughs> like, where things fit in the pattern. Um, like I said, I don't know if he was here. I don't know if he was that guy. But, like, it's possible. Um and the problem I have with the police force is they don't look into anyone else ever. They they stop looking entirely. Yeah. No. And after she's um, she's acquitted of the crime, they never investigate it again. Yeah. Like, because they think that she did it and she got away, so it's over. So it's over. Not even considering that you know that could be a murderer who's going to kill other people, um, going to harm their community somehow. No. But does it happen again in the community? I don't think so. So, uh, yeah, either the person who did it only needed to do it once, or they moved on. Or they left on a train to other cities. Or on a cow. <laughs> anyway, they wanted to. A cow train. Oh, but just real quick, there also, there's, like, weird incesty rumors about Lizzie, um, not only with her dad, but also with John. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them seem to have any weight at all. Yeah, just, you know, people being dramatic. Right. And, and yeah, just to go through a couple of things that people talk about a lot of times. People talk about pigeons. <laughs> okay. Because they had a pigeon coop in the barn. Yeah. People say Lizzie was very fond of the pigeons. Lizzie testifies and kind of just, she doesn't really seem to have a lot of feelings about them in general. Mm-hmm. But, like, people know she was an animal lover, so they think that she just loved the pigeons. Um, apparently, she says that her father killed them and that they ate them. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't sound like she's very unhappy about it. She just says that she like came in and she saw that they had their heads cut off, and she was just like, "Oh, I guess we're eating them." Well, and uh, I guess that's the thing. Yeah, and but a lot of people are like, "Oh, Lizzie loved those pigeons. They were her babies, and then her father killed them right in front of her, and all this stuff." And like from her testimony, doesn't sound like it. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's from her. You know, like I feel like. Um, yeah, unless she's like a real cold, calculated person. And if uh, it was true, why would she make a big deal about it? Right. Like, why would we be having this conversation that long, even? Like, um, if, if if she was really choked up about it and she did kill him, wouldn't you want to keep it on the DL? Yeah, when you want to keep it a secret. There are lots of things that I'm like, why would Lizzie do that? Like, the door locking. It's like, why, why would she do that? Mm-hmm. Or like... Even the thing about her being depressed and not wanting to go on that, like, trip, why wouldn't she just tell her family she was going on the trip mm-hmm. and then not go and kill them? Right. Or why would... And, like, her uncle showed up the day before. Why would she choose to do it when her uncle was in town? Right. And he could catch her. Why not wait? It's very strange, right? Like, she has all the time in the world. Why does she do it when they have a random extra guest? Especially if he's not going to be part of her alibi, because he isn't. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, what's the purpose? Whereas, like, I feel like John makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Because he just showed up randomly. <laughs> just like the day. The day before. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like yeah. The, the timing is not good for John. Right. Just some few things that happened. What happened to Sawyer? No idea. He Was, is historically he, unimportant. Did he come in on a train? <laughs> is he the train Alexis? man? <laughs> he is completely insignificant. <laughs> um, just a few things, though, like for the end of their lives. Um... Lizzie and Emma live in Maplecroft for a bit, and then Emma gets fed up with Lizzie's behavior. There's rumors about whether or not that's with the actors, that she doesn't like their partying. 
um, because she says she's talking to her pastor about it and that he says that she should move out. And so she does. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a, a he, because he dies and like a year later she moves out. So she's like, okay, I do, I have had enough and I do think that was good advice. So presumably she's talking about her pastor about it. I mean, he's kind of probably like her therapist too, but a lot of people think that's some sort of moral reason that she's talking to him about it and that he tells her to move out so that it might be because the actors are throwing raunchy parties <laughs> and that she doesn't think that's okay. You know, like if you're going with my theory that like maybe Lizzie was into that uh, lady actress that um, maybe it's she saw something untoward between them um, or just like could tell that Lizzie was like into her and so she's like mm, this isn't good for you um, or uh, they also had a servant who was like a I think he was like their carriage dude you know who like drove them places yeah um, and horse, he horse was boy yeah horseman and he was like a, a Don Juan who's he, he was hooking up with lots of ladies oh my god um, and apparently Lizzie liked him. I, I yeah. don't know anything about them actually having any romantic anything, but apparently she really liked him. Emma didn't like him. And so Emma was like, you know, I, and, and that Lizzie fired him not very long before Emma moved out. And then Lizzie rehired him after Emma moved out. Okay. So that maybe Lizzie fired him to try to get Emma to stay. And once she yeah. wasn't going to stay, that she got him back anyway. May as well keep the horse boy. May as well keep him. May keep that hot horse boy. That hot um, stable hand. So that mm. she might have been having a relationship with him and it was like, uh, you know, they just weren't married so it was inappropriate or something. Sure. And so the, the Emma just didn't like it. Either way... He's uh, a boy toy, Emma. <laughs> just let her have this. She couldn't have her uh, actress girlfriend... You can't marry the boy toy. Let her have her horse boy. He's gonna kill me and take my money. <laughs> She's never. He's never had anything, and neither is she. He can't handle it, yeah. and then he won't take care of the horses. Yeah, so it's and I won't fine. Get, I won't get to watch him work those back muscles. That's nice. I like. Um, I like telling him to do things. <laughs> Can you get that for me? Yeah. Um, but so Lizzie and Emma never speak again. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Until like they they both die. Uh. Without having spoken again, we assume. There's no letters or anything between them. Sure. We have no reason to think that anyone visited because no one ever writes it down. Like, no one, and that would seemingly be a big deal. Yeah. Um, Emma, uh, Lizzie dies first of, uh, like, gallbladder surgery problems. Mm-hmm. She's not great at it yet. And then Emma hears about that, and then I think, like, a week later, she falls down the stairs. Yeah. So... They're like, oh, they're interconnected in life and in death. And I'm like, okay. Or they're old. Or, yeah. They're both old. And the stairs here are terrible, let me tell you. I almost fall down them every day. And you're not, like, how old was Lizzie when she died? I think she was in her 60s. So Emma would have been, like, 70? 70s? Yeah. Yeah. Old. 70s at least. Mm-hmm. Minimum. Yeah. So, uh, uh... Yikes. Yeah. If you fall down in, on your hip, mm-hmm. just... Although, when we, we, we went and saw their graves. Yes. And there are a lot of old people in these graves. Yes. Which I think is kind of like selective mm-hmm. history because yeah. the only people who can afford to be buried in these graveyards with these nice headstones are people who can't afford to live to 90. Yeah. Who can afford to go to the doctor. Uh, but man, there are still a lot of people who are dying when they're not in their 90s or 80s. Oh, Yeah. And it's it's not uncommon. It's definitely like once we've hit a good stride with medicine where uh, a lot of the things that would have killed you previously fairly easily are not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the business. Anything else we want to say about our time at the house? 
It's been lovely. It's been really nice. Um, Breakfast was fun. Yeah. We haven't had any ghost feelings. No, I mean, we've tried um, Sam. Sam went completely quiet after saying structure at the beginning. I think that means Sam is into what you said. Yeah. The ghosts are receptive of what I'm saying. There's no... There's no back chat. Yeah, she's not trying to correct me. Oh, so this is beside anything else, but we went and got fast food the other night, and we were trying to hassle <laughs> the, my phone into giving us fun ghost answers. Uh-huh. And uh, some of them were really stupid. Like, it just said taxes at us. Yeah. So we were trying to figure out if it was maybe the ghost of all America. <laughs> and then it just says the word some <laughs> while we're in the drive through <laughs> And Alexis bursts out, you know, phone, some body once told me the world is gonna run. Yep. Which is, and I've, I've said this, I think the best joke Alexis will ever do. It was pretty good. She smash mouth memes <laughs> ghost. at a ghost in a Taco Bell drive-thru at like 11 p.m. My peak being, it's really. Like, what higher... Ascendancy can there be? What else could there even be? What else is there? <laughs> but what else a is ghost there? tried to make contact, perhaps, <laughs> and you just <laughs> you memed them. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> you memed him real good. I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy these episodes about Lizzie Borden and the Borden murders and the Borden house. Well, we're in the Borden house. In the house. Ooh. Full of eggs that cannot be broken. This is probably going to be weird to people because like, we don't have, actually have proof that we are here. I mean, we have photos we took. Yeah. But, you know, because this isn't a visual show. <laughs> yeah. Um, might be weird. But, um... We hope That's you true. We it could anyway. lie about doing a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, we can just make it sound weird and pretend Guys, we're all sorts of places. We can't because Alexis won't lie. It's true. I'm a lawful good and I won't do I it. I would do it. <laughs> Haley's chaotic and she would do it in a minute. I'd do it for the bit. Yeah, it'd be Alexis funny. would not do it for the bit. Alexis no. would rather rent a real bed and breakfast room for two days and go sleep in the murder house. Yeah. Alexis is also method where it counts. <laughs> I will always buy the booze to try it. Alexis will rather go to the location. Yep. She will not lie about it. That's me. And, like, I won't lie about trying the thing either. Yeah. I gotta do it. Yeah. you And you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, like, even beyond that, you know, and beyond being for the podcast, like, I've just really enjoyed being here. It's, it's well, except for all the it's drivers, it's been good. Oh, yeah. I mean, Massachusetts drivers are real garbage, and your roads yeah. are also garbage. But... The, the experience is good. The experience is good. The house is really nice. Um, and I've had a good time. Yeah. So thanks, friends. Thanks, friends. Thanks, um, uh, Lizzie Borden, Ben Breakfast. Yeah. Uh, and if thank you, you guys for this. listening that we, um, you know, that we have enough listeners that we thought that this would be a fun idea that you guys would like this. Um, and that, you know, because people are listening, we feel like we can do adventurous things mm-hmm. and that you can enjoy it with us. You can pretend like you're in the house, too. Yeah. Spooky house. You feel the finger trailing over your neck. With just amazingly done wallpaper over outlets and over the light switches. It's yeah. incredible. We'll have pictures. I'm going to take a picture of every single one of them. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. 
Yep. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you later. Sam, you want to say anything? Sam, lead us out, Sam. I think Sam's asleep. Great. Sam? Ghost Radar Classic definitely talks to ghosts. Sam? Anyway, bye. <laughs> bye. Last chance, Sam. Bye. Sam. 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 Sam